following podcast contains spoilers and rude words. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched a Thing for another week of fun. This week I am so lucky to have this person on the show. She is one of the greatest women in podcasting and as far as I know, I, how many guest spots have you done, Stacey Hurley? Is this only your second <laughs> ever guest spot? Hi, Billy. I think it might be my second ever uh, guest spot. It's very exciting. I feel privileged. I know Sam has been campaigning for you to do a spot on Nikolai's Kitchen, but uh, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. It is, of course, Stacey Hurley from Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. How have you been? Oh, look, I've been great. You know, we've been lucky enough to continue going to movies in New Zealand. We've had lockdowns and whatnot, but yeah. Um, still making the best of it, so can't complain. <laughs> nice, nice. And even though lockdowns have lifted and we can get to new movies, this week I think this might be the oldest film I've ever done on the show. Because <laughs> I said to you, let's do your favourite film of all time, which mm-hmm. is The Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. Is that right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> yep, 1939. Is That's that right? right, yes. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz is a 1939 American musical fantasy film produced by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. It's an adaptation of L. Frank Baum's 1900 children's fantasy novel, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. It was primarily directed by Victor Fleming, although it was a pretty troubled production. There were a number of directors uh, over the course of the film, and it stars, of course, Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Burt Lard, Jack Haley, Billy Burke, and Margaret Hamilton. And Stacey, what is this film about? <laughs> Wow. Well, if you don't know, something's seriously wrong. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this film follows the story of Dorothy, who um, uh, gets caught in a tornado, ends up um, traveling um, to the wonderful world of Oz, and along the way meets some interesting characters. That sums it up. (laughs) So has this always been your favorite movie? Like, I'm guessing that you saw this as a kid, like most of us did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a childhood favourite. Um, that I guess it, it's just ingrained in my psyche because uh, it was on TV when we were younger. Yep. And my nana recorded it on the VCR, <laughs> you know, so we had a cassette, <laughs> video cassette tape that we would just watch over and over and over again. Um, but interestingly, on that cassette tape, she missed the first 10 minutes um, oh, right. of the film. <laughs> so I've only seen the first 10 minutes a couple of times. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> so That's um, amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, we've just, we just love it. And I mean, how can you not? Just the... Classic songs, you know, yep. right oh, right from the get-go. Um, it sucks you in. It's got everything. And the one-liners. We yeah, all know them. Yeah. <laughs> we all have films like that, though. I think I've spoken about it on the show before. We had a VHS of The Princess Bride growing up, and my parents had taped out the bit with the rodents of unusual size because I was a little wuss who got scared. So until I was an adult, I didn't know that scene existed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into it then. So, mm. as you said, this film is a classic. I, I must say, I'm going to show my cards really early. I love this film as well. The last yeah. time I saw this film before last night, actually, is one of my favorite theater going experiences of my life. It was eight Ooh. years ago, and my wife and I were at Disneyland, and it was the 75th anniversary of this film. And they had remastered it in IMAX 3D. So we saw it in downtown Disney in 3D. And it was such an amazing experience. This film holds up so well. 
And I didn't wow. think anything would ever top that film going experience. And even I got to say, even just watching it at home last night, I was enthralled by just how much fun this film is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Totally. That that is an amazing story. I'm so jealous right now. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds phenomenal. I've only ever seen this film at home, so Yeah. So it was amazing. Special. And I'm not a three D kind of person and I find that usually three D really kind of desaturates the colours and stuff when they transfer it. But this film still popped so beautifully. Mm. I just I loved the experience. Mm. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you still so, when you watched this recently, I'm guessing mm-hmm. it wasn't the VHS that you used to no, have. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> the copy that you watched was the the Kansas scenes. Were they in black and white or were they in sepia? I actually wouldn't really know the difference, to be honest. Because <laughs> I was surprised to learn that I... Because I, I've only ever seen it with black and white. But when I watched mm-hmm. it last night, it was the, the remastered... Blu-ray copy, and it was in sepia, and I was surprised to learn that that's how it was originally done. It, th- those scenes were filmed in sepia, not black and white, which really Actually, surprised yeah, me. Yeah, now that you say it, it did have, yeah, certain who who to the colour, is that the right um, <laughs> yeah. term? Yes, yes, I yeah. I think I agree. That's the version I saw too. Yeah, it mm. surprised me. Mm. And I felt like the Kansas scenes were longer as well. I... I in my memory of this film is that she got to um, Oz quite quickly, but I was surprised that I felt like it was about 15 minutes in Kansas at the start of the film. Yeah. Well, look, yeah, same for me. Like, as an adult, it doesn't really seem that long, but as a kid, I never really saw that much of the Kansas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> scenes to, to know. Um, I remember, I think we kind of started off when she was running away and uh, meeting the... Um, Oh, the wizard. What what was he called in Kansas? Yeah, okay, the guy yeah. with the crystal ball. Yeah. Um. So yeah, no. It, but yeah, I think it's a, it's the right amount of time. I think because it sets up all the characters and all the themes and everything that you need to know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was doing some reading about the film, and apparently at test screenings, they nearly made the call to cut somewhere over the rainbow. Um, <gasps> I know, right? <laughs> because oh they felt goodness. like kids wouldn't get the themes, and it was just kind of taking up too much time before they get to the fantasy and stuff. I was shocked to learn that, because obviously this that song is so iconic. Yes, there's other things they could have cut before that. that I, I agree. Mean, that's yeah. crazy. That's amazing. And I rem- when I was re-watching this last night and that song started, I was like, yes, we're right into it. You know, yeah. this is what the movie's all about. So, yeah. so glad they kept that. Yeah. I think the production of this film holds up so beautifully. Like, the colours are mm-hmm. insane. Like, really, really gorgeous. It is, it is beautiful and it's so well done. And I think that that's the reason why we both like it, having having watched it as children in the 80s, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and even still now, 30 or so years later, and still enjoying it just as much and still, um, like, as a kid, you know, you're not really looking at the production values. But I guess the whole going from sepia or black and white into Technicolor, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. again, was a massive um, highlight and something really special and that you didn't see in films very often. Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, for, as a visual effects artist, I am staggered by so much of this film. Mm. Like, not even just the just the, the post-production and everything. That shot where they actually transition from sepia into colour. 
I had to look up how that was done. Apparently, they had intended to do that in post-production. They had intended to stencil it out and, you know, do extensive matte painting and stuff. Yeah. And that took too much time. So, they actually went back and did a reshoot. I don't know if you know this, but when I found this out, it was mind-boggling because it's so simple. They painted the inside of the barn set in sepia colours and and they had a body double wearing a sepia coloured dress. <laughs> And so they actually filmed – so all the oh, Kansas cool. stuff is actually filmed in sepia black mm-hmm. and white stock. Yeah. But that one shot they filmed in Technicolor. And so they have this body double go open the door. You see the coloured set outside. And then as she dips out of frame, Judy yep. Garland walks in in her coloured dress. And it is wow. such a simple effect. But it is amazing how good that looks. <laughs> It does look so good, and you're right, it looks so realistic. Like, she literally is opening the door, and it's in bright colour. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of those things about just, you know, happy little accidents and mm. and the beauty of practical effects. Like, they, they had planned to do all this, you know, intense post-production work, but at the end, just something so simple like that, mm. I can't believe how good it looks. <laughs> oh, yeah, amazing, amazing. And talking about things that look good, the costumes. Oh, yeah, I was oh. going to get to that. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, are, they are just so amazing. I mean, I was looking at um, Glinda, the the Witch of the North, the good. Yeah. Her dress is just stunning and beautiful. And it's just, you know, what you think of when you think um, of like some kind of amazing fairy special yeah. witch person. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The yeah. care and time that was taken with the costuming and, and just the production design in general. Apparently, they spent weeks deliberating on the yellow colour for the brick road, just exactly <gasps> what shade of yellow it should be. Wow. Um, and, yeah, the, the costuming and makeup. I, I was surprised last night. I, I, in my head, always remember it looking a little bit cheesy, you know. And I, I think mm-hmm. some of those, like the Cowardly Lion for me is, you know, it's a man <laughs> yeah. in a costume, that's fine. Yes. I was amazed with the work on the Tin Man and the Scarecrow in particular, the point where his actual face transitions into that kind of hessian sack and they very cleverly hide it with that rope around his neck Mm. the work on that it actually i stared at it for quite a while trying to work out the transition because it looks like his head is hessian even though it's very clearly his actual face it's amazing work it is amazing isn't it very very well done the wicked witch of the east is it the east the east is the one that got um, squashed. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Wicked Witch of the West. The West, oh, yes. I forget that. Um, her makeup, again, is mm. beautiful paintwork. It, like, it's not just a solid green. There's some really nice shading yes. going on there. Yeah, there is. And it, yeah, it just accentuates her eye sockets and her yeah. nose and cheekbones yeah. and chin and all of those pointy features beautifully. Yeah. And again, that's that's an iconic witch. When you think of a witch, that's the yes. first image that comes into your head. It's so powerful. Absolutely. In fact, the first image that comes into my head of a witch is the first time you see the witch in the film, which is during the hurricane scene and she's ah. she's riding outside. Yeah. For some reason, when I think of a witch, that's the image that I get in my head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the, um, the hurricane scene was great. I remember the tornado. Um, I remember watching that. And yes, that is very cheesy. She's looking out the window and there's all these different things, a cow flying past, yeah. you know, chickens yep. in a coop and um, whatnot. 
But it's so humorous and well done. You think this could actually be a tornado, and you, you know, like in a comical <laughs> yeah. way. It's, yeah, it's so good. The thing that struck me on this watch about the tornado scene is actually the score, which I I love the score to this film. I think that nearly every song is perfect, and same with the score. It's so funny to me. Like you say, it's kind of comical during the. For most part, it's not scary music. It's that da da. And it's like, wow, this is what we're going with for a hurricane. Very odd choice. Yeah, but you know what? I I think it it, it kind of seems odd, but not really, because this is the start of her dream. Yes. So having a more cheerful song, you're in a different world now, whether you know it or not. Um, So so it's just subtle things like that um, that really assist you. It really reminded me, actually, I'd forgotten how long that scene was. Like you say, there's a lot of, you know, cows flying past and <laughs> all weird kind of things. And yeah. and for me, I actually think the look of it is pretty good. That rear projection that they've got going, the only issue is it that I think the scale sometimes goes off where things that should be smaller out the window are, are bigger than Dorothy and you're like, yeah. that's a bit strange. <laughs> yeah. But it actually gives it a kind of a surreal look. It really, really reminded me of Alice falling down the... The hole, which is mm-hmm. kind of endless and, and all these weird clocks and stuff around her. And and I guess that's the obvious parallel. In a lot mm-hmm. of ways, this story is very similar to that. Yeah. But it really struck me that that um, kind of reference to it, it really just made me think of that, that scene. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a fantastic way to um, fall into her dream world. Do you know anything about the, the troubled production of the film? No, I don't. To be honest, this is a film that I love, and I do- and I haven't gone to the effort of um, <laughs> finding out any more about it. I want to take it at face value, but but I have heard I've heard that there were troubles and various different things happening, and I'm just so pleased that you can't really tell um, when you're watching the finished product. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking too. I I knew, I mean I think at this point everybody knows that there were some. Troubles with Judy Garland, and that's a very kind of tragic story. Mm. I was surprised at just some of the production things. So, the Wicked Witch of the West's makeup, it was copper-based, which we now know is very bad and very toxic for you. Mm. The scene where she exits Munchkinland, she kind of goes down an elevator and they bring up this fire and smoke to kind of mask it. She caught on fire on the second (laughs) take and got third-degree burns (gasps) to her face and hands- Oh. Was allowed to recover for six weeks before returning to filming. Oh, my goodness. And when she came back, she said, look, that's fine. I'll finish I'll finish the job, but I'm not doing any more things with fire. <laughs> then her body double caught on fire. No. <laughs> yes. Yes. No joke. The scene uh, towards the end where she's doing the sky riding. That oh, was actually yes. a body double by that point because yep. the, the lead actress had said, I'm not doing anything yep. with effects. Fair enough. She's sitting on this kind of pipe that's that's smoking, mm-hmm. catches on fire. Yeah. So then they have to bring in a second body double to finish that scene. Oh, no. And it's- Oh, it's that's quite, shocking, it's, isn't it? It's scary. <laughs> like- <laughs> it is. It is scary. It is scary by today's standards. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, maybe that's just how things were. <laughs> I I think so. I think so. That's what's that's what's so mind-boggling about it. Mm. And you like to think that maybe we've 
you know, come a little further than that. But you still hear stories on sets of, you know, safety being put to the side and mm. it's, it's kind of scary. <laughs> it is. Absolutely. Far out. Well, I'm glad everyone survived the filming. Yeah. I, I hope they did. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Maybe um, just, sorry, could I just segueing into things that may or may not stand the test of time? Of course. Um, the Munchkins. Am I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> As a child... I always watch the Munchkins and I love them and they're so humorous and such a cool part of the story. Um, but I just kind of think about that today is it's like Oompa Loompas, right? Yeah. It's that same kind of thing. Um, small people acting in a role that's, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of like a stereotype or something like yeah. that. How yeah. would like, that go today? Is it today? making fun of them? Yeah. 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 That's what I was always wondering. Um, mm, yeah, I don't have an opinion. So I was reading last night that there were 154 little people cast as munchkins. Mm-hmm. And they did fill out the, the chorus in the back with some children as well, just to kind of bulk yep. it up a little bit. Okay. I, yeah, I've always wondered that as well. Is th- and and I guess you know they're they're actors who mm-hmm. need roles as well. Yep. So in, it's it's good, I guess, that there are roles for them. Yeah, but totally. Is it is it having fun with them or not? <laughs> exactly. Just a question. Not sure if it would stand up today or not. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there are only two Munchkins as well that you hear their real voice. The two that give her the flowers. Oh. Um, actually, everything else is in, in a sound studio yeah. with lots okay. of effects on it to make it all kind of high-pitched and squeaky. And it, yes. even that, it it makes you a little bit unsettled. Like, is is this making fun of people? <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's an interesting topic in general. Um, but I think it's just part of the character, you know. They, yeah. they wanted these munchkins to have these high-pitched voices and things like that. So, it's part of the character. So, yeah. 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 And again, I think that. As an introduction to Oz, mm. I really love the Munchkin song as well. Mm. I think that most of the songs in the film hold up really, yeah. really well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Are yeah. there any songs that you would cut? No, no, not at all. Nothing. Yeah, no, not a song. I personally, I'm mm. not a huge fan of King of the Forest. Ah, oh. yep, yep. I th- and I think I I hear what you're saying. I think it kind of just it changes tempo. The yeah. other songs have been a little bit more upbeat or even yep. if they're sad, they're a bit more peppy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get to the King of the Forest and it's a bit of a downer. Yeah, I think something a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favourite character? Mm. Oh, well, Dorothy. <laughs> yeah? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think so. I think they're all so good. It's so it's, it's in a great ensemble. I've already mentioned Linda. I loved her. Um, the the wizard, loved him. Um, Scarecrow and um, Tin Man, great as well. Yeah. Oh. For me, Tin Man really – and this is, this is my personality coming out. To me – the story is Tin Man. I, and that's, I, I just, I love him so much. And I love the idea that he, of all of the characters who want something, mm. he to me is the most interesting because he clearly already has it. If from the very moment we meet him, he's so emotional. And, mm. you know, his song about wanting a heart, he's singing about 
such romantic things that somebody who didn't, you know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. there's something really sweet there about the fact that he so obviously already has it. Like the lion Mm -hmm. is actually a bit of a coward. Yes. The scarecrow is a little bit dumb. Mm. But the Tin Man is so romantic from the mm. moment we meet him and all he wants is a heart to be able to love. I just there's something there that's so sweet Aww, to me. <laughs> yes. Oh it's very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it just hits me. <laughs> mm. Mm. Another one, um, now that you're mentioning it, when they get to Oz and they go through the um Oh, what's it called? Where they all get dressed up and clipped up and yep, um, scrubbed yep. up <laughs> and shined up. Um, the horse of a different colour was so yep. cool. Oh, yep. I love the horse of a different colour. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the production design is so strong. I love the, the amount of practical effects in here and the real sets with the combination of matte paintings. The Emerald City as a design is just so cool. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. When they see it for the first time, it's stunning. Yeah. Yeah. And even things like the scene with the the huge bed of flowers that puts them to sleep. And it's so beautiful. And then you get that practical snow falling on them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning. There's just so much in this film. (laughs) Yeah. It's amazing, really, when you start to break it down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Judy Garland's performance as Dorothy, Mm -hmm. um, I did not realise how young she was. She was 16, 17 in this film. Oh, okay. I did not realise that either. Yeah. I'm going to sound really, really lame here. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen another Judy Garland film. Have you? No, I haven't. No. No. It's interesting for for an actress who is so iconic. I just, I've missed Mm. everything else she's done. (laughs) Mm, mm. Um. I do really love her performance in this film, though. I think she is so sweet yep. and and yet strong at the same time. Yeah. Like, she's not just a damsel. You know, she is the one who's collecting these other people and taking them. It's not, it's not like your typical story where she needs to be, for example, rescued by mm-hmm. the men around her. She's yeah. kind of collecting them and taking them with her. They're all asking, you know, can I come too? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I think that's really, really nice, actually. And I think it's really powerful for the time at which this film was made and which when the story was, was written. Um, yeah. To have a, have a strong female um, role. And multiple strong female roles, really, when you think about it, with the Wicked Witch and yeah, um, things. So yeah, maybe that's part of <laughs> part of the attraction for me. I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe because yeah, like I look at most Disney movies, kind of before. Mm. I mean, even the ones from the '90s, most of them are not strong female characters. No. Um. So yeah, there is something really nice about that. And that, I think, is what makes the kind of behind-the-scenes story so much more shocking when you hear about how badly she was treated mm. on the set. And, you know, they kind of, they got her hooked on drugs and she mm. was abused. She came out saying that the munchkins were drunk little perverts, that they were just drunk oh. and having orgies every night and oh. the crew had to run around catching them with <laughs> butterfly nets at the end of the <laughs> night. <laughs> 
Oh, no. I mean, that just takes the shine off it completely. It does, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. It's it's really hard for a film that holds up so well. Mm. Yeah. I go, yeah, they've done a really great job at the illusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you seen any of the remakes or any of the follow-up movies? I have this. This is going to sound weird. I've got a. I've got a kid who's obsessed with Tom and Jerry, so I've seen Tom and Jerry's The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They do a version, which is strange. Yeah. Um. So, no, I've not seen any others, though. No, no, I haven't either. I've heard there are a few different various versions of them. Um, But I just love the original so much. I don't want to ruin it. I don't don't like sequels in general. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, yeah. I I have seen Wicked, actually. Have you seen Mm, Wicked? Wicked, yes, the stage show. Love it. Yeah, okay, you do love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I love I love um I love how it's the backstory. You know, yeah. we've seen one side of the story, there's a whole other side and there's probably 30 different sides of the story depending on which character you follow as the main character. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah. I think that's much more interesting to flesh out than a continuation with the same characters or something like that. Oh, I agree. I think most people feel that way. I mean, realist isn't that most people's problem with the new Star Wars films. Like, it seemed mm. like it was going in that direction with whole new characters. And then, no, she's a Skywalker. Of course. <laughs> no, a Palpatine. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, I was surprised to learn that when they started crafting this film, they were originally, and I don't know how this was going to work, and apparently this isn't the first adaptation, and the first one did this as well. They were going to take out all the fantasy elements. <laughs> um, excuse me? What, what does, that does that mean? Wo- that's most oh, ex- of the movie. <laughs> that is exactly what I was wondering. I, I don't know what this film would have been. <laughs> wow. But a- apparently the, the first adaptation did that as well because – I guess maybe part of that at that time was production. Mm-hmm. Um, but also they just didn't think that audiences would would buy into this world. But wow. that just seems crazy to me. To Why would mm. you even bother adapting this story? If yeah. I mean, if you're not going to set it in Oz with munchkins and talking lions and scarecrows, what what is this film? <laughs> I know. Yeah, it would be um, all of the Kansas scenes and maybe a brief dream sequence. But not yeah. in a fantastical nature, um, which is the whole story. I don't. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Actually, that in itself is an interesting thing that they changed. In the original book, it's not a dream sequence. It'll. Oh. It's very much like Alice in Wonderland. It's you know posed as a real adventure that she goes on. Mm-hmm. I actually. I like the change they made here. I like that it's a dream sequence and that she's dreaming about all these people from Kansas that she she knows and seeing them in a different kind of way. And to me, that's I mean, that's really the point of the film, isn't it? Like thinking yes. about where you came from and seeing things in a different light. Yes, it absolutely is. I agree with you. That was an exceptional change to make. It made the whole film, it grounded it in reality. Whereas if she had actually gone on this adventure, the entire film is a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So it's a totally different thing. Wow. I'm learning a lot about this movie from this conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. 
I just watch it. <laughs> you know, the one thing, though, that, I mean, a lot of this production stuff I kind of already knew. The one thing that I found out that I was really fascinated by, and most people probably won't be, I, I, I'm weird. I always say that I'm not a musical person, and Topher has made fun of me for this. I've said I hate musicals, but just about every musical I've ever spoken about, I'm like, oh, I really like that one. <laughs> hey, you know so, what? I'm the same as you. I, I'm yeah. the same as you. It's, but I think it's because we only watch musicals that are really good. And that's exactly <laughs> what I've said. That's, that is the whole thing about it. There are a lot of bad musicals mm. out there, and I grew up having to go see, you know, amateur productions of, you <laughs> no, know, musicals no. that nobody's ever heard of, and 90% of them are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, so I've seen a lot of, mus- you know, and I'm a big fan of films like Oklahoma, The King and I, The Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. And I'm familiar with you know, the backstory of those, that they were all Broadway musicals, West End musicals. I always, even though this one's so much older, I always assumed that this was a musical first. I was really surprised to find out that the songs and everything were written for the film. I don't know why that surprised me. I think it's because I've seen this performed on stage before, and so I just always assumed that came first. Yeah. But for some reason, that really shocked me that this was actually written as a movie musical, which is quite, I mean, it's very rare these days, but yeah. for some reason, that really took me back. Well, I didn't know any of that, and but you're, but you're right. Um, writing something specifically for film back in those days mm. would have been quite unusual, I would imagine. Yeah. And I think that that's why it holds up so well because a lot of musicals that are translated from stage to screen, mm. you can – they're often really over bloated mm-hmm. and some of the songs don't translate. You know, the choreography is always a tricky one. Yes. But I think the fact that this was written for screen really is what makes it stand the test of time. And it's very much filmed as a movie, not a musical. I think the cinematography is gorgeous. You know, when she first comes, appears in Oz in Munchkinland and it's one long camera tracking shot following Mm. her which is quite a modern technique but it really lets you take in all of that set and everything and i just i was mind blown at how gorgeous (laughs) this film looked for something so old (laughs) yes and that's a great point you bring up because often with classic movies um they do they can come across with the acting as though it's a stage show. Yeah. Quite one yeah. dimensional, even though they're in a movie set or whatever. Whereas I don't I don't get that feeling with this film. I feel like they're acting for screen. There's a bit mm. more dimension to it and they've um, got characters moving in more directions than just left to right across the <laughs> stage or yeah. screen, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that may be another reason why it stands the test of time as well. Definitely. So how are you scoring this film? Your favourite film of all time? Is this a 10 for you? Yes, this is a 10. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is a nine for me. I think this film is so beautiful. I can't imagine anybody not liking this film. And I'm sure that there are people out there, mm-hmm. but I just I just can't imagine it. It's just so joyous and <laughs> people it just... people without a heart, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, from the moment it starts, it just makes me feel so happy. Look, and maybe some of that is nostalgia because we saw it as kids, but mm. I, I felt really bad actually. I watched this last night after the kids were in bed and almost as soon as it started I thought I should have watched this with my seven year old because yeah. I, I know that she would love it. Oh, so, so I'll she- probably rewatch it this week. Yeah, so she hasn't seen it before. 
I think she has, but probably okay. when she was too young to, yeah. you know, because yeah. we kind of we've shown her a lot of a lot of movies over the years, yeah. but you know yeah. how it is, they yeah. forget them so quickly. <laughs> yeah. But we did watch Sound of Music with her about two weeks ago, and she adored it. Like oh, both wow. both her and the three year old have been requesting the songs from it every time we're in wow. the car. So. Yeah, I, re- I really can't wait to watch this with the kids, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, give it a go. I would also be interested to see the reaction. Um, yeah, again, our daughter's too young. Well, she could watch it, but she yeah. wouldn't really understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it would be really interesting to see. And I just can't see how a kid wouldn't enjoy it. Um, it would be interesting for them to see the sepia or black and white portion. Because yes. that's something they may have never seen before. Yes, yeah. And, like, we've watched a lot of older films with her mm-hmm. and sometimes they get very, very bored. You know, even yeah. Sound of Music, they loved it. The second half we had to skip a lot. I mean, yeah. it gets very Nazi heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but, yes, exactly. But, but the- this film, I think that they would, apart from the sepia stuff, which may be a bit questionable, mm. I think that they would just have so much fun with it. Mm. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Um, I Yeah, I think maybe coming into it, watching it as an adult, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what people would think. But if you don't, and but if you've got a heart and you can see it for what it is, it is, <laughs> yeah. it is just fun and joyous and um, extremely well made. Yeah. If you ever get the chance to watch it in 3D at Disneyland, I cannot recommend it enough. (laughs) Well, Disneyland is on the cards. We were like, okay, as soon as the world comes back to some normality, (laughs) we want to go traveling. We should all all go together. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That would be heaps of fun. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about this film. This was just so much fun to talk about this with you. Oh, look, not a problem. It was my absolute pleasure. Any request to rewatch this and talk about it, um, I'm happy to do so. <laughs> can you tell everybody where, I mean, everybody knows at this point, but can you tell everybody where they can find Movie Reviews in 20 Qs? Oh, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, you can find us um, anywhere you find podcasts, I guess. Um, TQS um, on most social medias. Um, and Sam will probably tell me off for not... <laughs> getting it right Um, but yeah just look us up movie reviews and 20 cues Um, and we love 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 to get questions from listeners and audience and things like that or any requests as well Um, because again we're kind of you know we're looking for good movies that you want to hear about Um, yeah so it's it's harder and harder isn't it I feel like you can never pick what movies people want to hear about or not yeah it's it's hard with new ones too because some people can't see them you know Um, yes you go and see a new movie and talk about it and no one's watched it or whatever (laughs) whatever. so mm, very tricky times but we're powering on so it's great to do um, kind of throwback movies like this awesome well thank you so much next week I will have Tofa back on the show. We're going to finally go see Denis Villeneuve's Dune uh, about three months after the rest of the world has seen it. So, uh, speaking of whether or not people want to hear about it, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> uh, and in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Yeah.